Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, dear brothers and sisters. I would like you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, to the Gospel of Yohanan, this amazing study in the book of John that presents before us our Lord Jesus, our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach as the one who is the eternal Son, the eternal Word, the eternal Mimra, the eternal Logos, our eternal God. And I would like today, as we continue with the study of the Gospel of John, to read from verse 3 of John chapter 1 unto verse 14. And I would appreciate if you will follow me as you read the Word of God together with me. Verse 3 says, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, Yohanan. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. And the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This passage here in John chapter 1, verses 3 to 14, present before us a continued presentation of the eternal Son of God. This one that was one of the persons of the Godhead, of whom we read in John 1 and verse 1 and 2, 
these words, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, the same was in the beginning with God. So the Apostle Yohanan, that is John, gave us this, you might say, supplementary gospel to Matthew, Mark, and Luke in order to impress upon the reader and the and each and every one of us to understand that the Lord Yeshua, the Lord Jesus from Nazareth, who was born in Bethlehem to the Virgin Miriam, was much more than just another man. He was much more than just an ordinary Jewish man. He was much more than just a rabbi, a rabbi. He was much more than just a prophet. He was much more than just a good man. He was and He is the eternal Son of God. And so Yohanan, that is John the Evangelist, who was a fisherman, who was the, the son of Zavdai from the Galil, a Jewish man, the youngest of the disciples of the Talmudim of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, he was chosen by God to provide for us this wonderful, amazing gospel that is essential to understand. Why? Because the purpose of the gospel of John was this. Found in John chapter 20 and verse 31. John said, Yohanan said, But these are written that ye might believe that Yeshua is the Messiah that Jesus is the Messiah. And not only that He is the Messiah, but He is the Son of God. And that believing ye might have life through His name. And so through the Gospel of John, through Besorat Yohanan, dear friends, we learn about the divine nature of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, God the Son who came to this world in order to provide redemption for mankind. And so while we have already learned from verses 1 and 2 that, number one, He was one of the persons of the Godhead. In the beginning was the Word. He is the eternal one, the eternal Word, the eternal Logos. In the Greek and in the Hebrew, the eternal Davar or Mimra. He is the one that God, through Him, spoke and revealed Himself to all humanity. Whenever God enacted, He's always in the person of God the Son. He is the Word. He is the Logos. He is the Mimra. Secondly, we learn not only that He is eternal, secondly, that He was distinguished from God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, where it says in verse 1, and the Word was with God. He was a distinct personality in the Godhead. Distinct from God the Father, distinct from God the Spirit, distinct from God Ha'aba, Elohim Ha'aba, and distinct from Elohim Ha'aba. Haruach, God 
the Holy Spirit. He was God the Son, Elohim Habin, one of the persons of the Godhead. Thirdly, we learn in verse 1, not only that he was eternal, not only that he was distinct from God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, he was God himself. That's why it says in the third section of John 1 and verse 1, and the Word was God. He is divine. It says in verse 2, the same was in the beginning with God. This God the Son was with God the Father and God the Spirit. And so now, beloved brothers and sisters, the Apostle John continued to help us and to, you might say, to draw us in to understanding that this particular person named the Word, the Logos, the Mimra, was also the creator of the universe. In verse 3 we read, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made which was made. Notice that? All things were made by him. And without him was anything made which was made. Nothing was made without him. He is the one that is the creator. All things were made by him. Immediately it takes us to Genesis chapter 1. And verse 1 where it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. This is the first verse of the Hebrew scriptures. Bereshit bara Elohim et hashamayim ve'et ha'aretz. This Elohim, this God, the God of the creation, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the nation of Israel, the God and Father of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, this God, this triune God, one God, three persons, this God created the heavens and the earth. But we learn from John chapter 1 and verse 3 that all things were made by Him. He was the agent that a God had used for the creation of the universe. Whenever God spoke, spoke through the person of the Son. Whenever the triune God created, He, they, the, the God had created all things through the person of the Son. All things were made by Him, and without Him was nothing made which was made. We read, in John 1 and verse 3. Now I know it's not easy to understand and to grasp this beloved friend, beloved brothers and sisters, but this is essential to understand if we are to realize in a sound biblical way that the Savior, the Redeemer, the Lord Jesus, the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah is much more than just another man because any other man could never redeem us because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, including you and I, you and me. We all fell short of the glory of God. God had to come into this world in order to provide redemption for mankind. So who is that God? Who is that God the Son? All things were made by Him, and without Him nothing was made which was made. The Apostle Shaul Paul emphasized this in his a letter to the Colossians, he said in Colossians 1 and verse 16, For by Him, namely by the person of the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, God the Son, the eternal Word, the eternal Logos, the eternal Mimra, for by Him were all things created, 
that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. This is so interesting because creation, the universe, the world, the human race, the animal kingdom, the plant kingdom, all were created by him, but also for his own pleasure. And specifically, humanity, mankind, according to the Proverbs chapter 8, King Shlomo HaMelech, the king of Israel, Solomon the king, wrote in the book of Proverbs concerning wisdom personified, namely applying to the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. What did he say? That he said there, My delight was with the sons of men. Shashuai in Bnei Adam. He found delight in the sons of men. He wanted to have fellowship with the human race. That's why he created Adam and Eve. For his own pleasure. Not only that they were created by him, but all things were created for him. For his own pleasure, beloved friend. This is important to grasp and understand. The writer who wrote his letter to the Hebrew believers said, in Hebrews chapter 1 and verses 1 and 2, God, who at sundry time and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, but he continued the writer to say, by whom also he made the world. In other words, the God of Israel, who spake in sundry time and diverse manners, he spake to our fathers through the Hebrew prophets, Hanneviim. In these last days, when a Mashiach came, when the Lord Yeshua Jesus was born in the city of Bethlehem to the Virgin Miriam, God sent him. In these last days he spoke through the person of his son, Sunwise, Baben, Elohim Aben, God the Son. And notice he continues, it says here, He appointed him an heir of all things, and by whom he hath made the world. And so, beloved friends, as we move along in the study of John chapter 1, we learn now in verse 3 that all things were made by him, and without him nothing made which was made. So the Lord, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, God the Son, is actually the creator of all things. And that gives us comfort. Why? Because we do not believe in a mere creation, but we believe in the creator God who became a man in order to provide redemption for sinful humanity. John continue, and in verse 4 of, of John chapter 1, he tells us additional thing about this person, this word, this logos, this mimra. 
He is telling us that this person is not only the creator, verse 3, but he is also the source of life. You know, in Hebrew we say, Chaim. We often say, Le Chaim, to life. Le Chaim. But the source of life, the source of Chaim is found in the person of the Messiah, the person of the Son. In him was life, we read in uh, John 1 and verse 4. The Apostle John speaks about Yeshua, the Messiah, who is the source of life. In John chapter 3 and verse 15 we read, Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, He is the source of life. He is the one that has eternal, that provides for mankind eternal life. In John chapter 3 and verse 36 we read, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. You see, beloved friend, beloved brothers and sisters, Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, is the not only the eternal word, not only one of the persons of the Godhead, not only a divine person, not only the creator of the universe, he is also the source of life because in him was life. In John chapter 5 and verse 26, we read, For as the Father has life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in Himself. You see, He is the source of life. In John chapter 8, we read there in verse 12, Then spake Yeshua again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He continued again and again to speak of the fact that He is the life that provides light to this dark world. Amazing. In John 11 and verse 25, we read of Yeshua, the Messiah. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Ani so, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, is also the source of life. In Him was life. But notice, we continue in verse 4b and verse 5, that He is the source of life. And in verse 4b and verse 5, he is not only life, but He is the light giver, the light provider. The word light in Hebrew means or. You see, He is the one that is called to be or lagoim, light to the nations of the world. We read, And the life was the light of men. 
and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Beloved brothers and sisters, their life, the source of life, was the light of men. There are various ways in which we can read that verse in verse 4 of John chapter 1. We read in this verse that he was the light of men. He was the one that brought light to everyone. He was the light of all mankind. He was the light of men. And it is important to realize that he is the life that brought light for all mankind. But you notice what we read in verse 5, that the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, when um, the prophets of Israel spoke about the coming one, that he will become that light to the goyim, light to the nations of the world, the Lord Jesus was to bring light to this world, but what happened, according to verse 5, he shined in darkness, but the darkness comprehended it not. That darkness that existed in this world did not comprehend that light that shone here in this world. And so that darkness could not overcome it could not overcome the light. The darkness in this world could never extinguish the light in this world. The darkness in this world did not comprehend that light. The darkness in this world could not overcome that light. Why? Because God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. And when God entered into this world in the person of the Son, the world, the darkness in this world could not overcome it. Or as it says here, comprehend that light. This darkness could not overcome that light of God, which is found in the person of the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. And you know, beloved brothers and sisters, it's very sad because in John chapter 3 and verse 19, we read, this is the condemnation, condemnation against the world, the world which rejected the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light. You see, by nature, you and I by nature prefer to have darkness rather than light because we have inherited a sin nature from our parents who inherited their sin nature from their parents who inherited their sin nature from their parents and all of us have inherited the sin nature that Adam and Eve plunged the whole human race into when they violated the word of God in the garden of Eden some 6,000 years ago and so, beloved brothers and sisters, the light shines in darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it, could not overtake it, did not comprehend it. It's like taking a candle and coming into a dark room and turning the light, putting a match and lighting the candle, 
and the darkness could not overtake the light, because the light shining. And that's what happened when the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, came into the world. He shone in this world. That's why he said in John 8, I am the light of the world. I am the light of this world. If you remember in John chapter 8 and verse 12, he continued to say in the same verse, He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And so, John, in these first five verses, this is John the Apostle, he presented the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, is a triune, one of the triune persons of the Godhead, as eternal Son of God, as the Creator of the universe, as the source of life, and the source of light in the midst of darkness here in this world. And you know why we need that? Light, because we were all in darkness. As John 3 said at verse 19, men love darkness rather than light. And that's why we needed so badly someone to come down to this world that will give us light in the midst of darkness. In the epistle of John, the same writer who gave us the gospel, wrote a letter, the epistle, the first John chapter 1. And he wrote in the first epistle, in first John chapter 1 and verse 5, This then in the message that we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And here is that one, the one that came to this world and shone in this world, and this darkness in this world could not overtake that light, could not comprehend that light. There's another verse that is a beautiful verse that is found in Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6, where the Apostle Paul now says, for God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, in the face of Yeshua HaMashiach. And so wonderful for us to realize that this is the one that John the Apostle, Yohanan HaShaliach, present before everyone here that is willing to listen to the word of God, of the one that is the eternal God who came down to this world. Well, John continue in chapter 1 as we are moving along in our study together. And in verses 6, 7, and 8, Yohanan, the apostle, introduced another Yohanan. Another John. John the Apostle introduced another John. This time he's introducing John the Baptizer. In Hebrew he is called Yohanan Hamadbil. When you read the Hebrew text, he is called Yohanan Hamadbil, John the Baptizer. And there John the Baptizer is being introduced before us now by John the Apostle. And so notice what he is writing. 
in verse 6, 7 and 8, he is writing, John, the apostle, running about, uh, writing about another John, the forerunner, the one that is the, the one that will come before the Messiah, Yeshua, to present him before our people of old, the people of Israel. And so we read, there was a man sent from God whose name was John, was Yohanan. Just this verse here tells us a lot. There was a man who was sent from God. God have sent Yohanan Hamadbil. God have sent John the baptizer. He did not come on his own. He was sent by God himself. Because God, in, as we read in Hebrews 1, in diverse manners, in, in past days, spoken to the Father through the prophets. And he told the prophets of Israel that in the fullness of the time he will send the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Savior, the Mashiach himself. And so in John chapter 1 we read that there was a man whose name was John who was sent from God. And this John was now the one that would represent the person of the Messiah before the people of Israel. In Isaiah chapter 40 we read, and let me just read this verse here. It says in verse 1, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her, for her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. But then notice, we read in verse 3, Here is John the baptizer seen prophetically by the writer Isaiah who called him a voice. The voice of him that cries in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. This is God the Son, the Mashiach that was going to come. He continued to say, Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. He continued, This voice, this is John the baptizer, is seen through the prophet Isaiah prophetically. In verse 6, we read, The voice said, Cry! And he said, What shall I cry? And we have the continual verses here that are so beautiful, verses 6, 7, and 8. But I just wanted you to listen to what John the baptizer prophetically was uh, to speak and to present God the Son as we read of him in John chapter 1. O Zion that bringeth forth tidings, the good tidings, get thee up into a high mountain. O Jerusalem that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength, lift it up. Be not afraid, say the Lord, say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold your God. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, this is exactly what John the Baptizer was saying when he introduced the Messiah. Behold your God. John 1.29 says, Behold the Lamb 
of God that taketh away the sin of this world. In the very same book of the prophets of Israel, we read that Malachi, Malachi, the last prophets of Israel, before the 400, 450 years of silence, before the Messiah Yeshua came, before John the Baptizer introducing the Messiah, look what Malachi said by the word of the Lord. Malachi chapter 3, verse 1 says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, says the Lord of hosts. You see, beloved friends, John the baptizer was the first messenger in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1. And the Lord Yeshua the Messiah is the second messenger of the covenant in Malachi, Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1. And John the baptizer, the messenger of Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1a, Behold, I will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me. This is what God said. And indeed, here we read in John 1 and verse 6, There was a man sent from God whose name was Yohanan. As we continue, in John 1 and verse 7 and 8, we find that John bore witness to the person of the Lord. We read the same, this is John, he came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. You see, the purpose that John the baptizer was called by God, was sent by God, is simply to present before Israel, before the people of God, to present before them the person of the Lord Jesus. He came for witness, to bear witness of the light. You see, John never drew attention to himself, John never drew attention to things that he has done. In fact, he said that Yeshua, that Jesus, must be increased. And that he, John, must be decreased. Because John understood, with the help of God, that he is presenting, he is announcing the Mashiach, the Messiah, the eternal Son of God. And so we read, the same came to bear witness to the light that all men through him might believe. You see, John understood that all men need a Savior, need a Mashiach, need God the Son who would provide for them redemption. That's why he directed the attention away from himself and he bore witness to that light 
the Lord Yeshua, Jesus himself, because he wanted that all men through him might believe. That they will believe. John was just a person who was a vessel. In Isaiah 40, he is called a voice. In Malachi chapter 3, he is called a messenger. And here he is called a witness. He is a witness. He is a voice. He is a messenger who presents before all the light, Ha'or. Why? Because he wanted all men, that all men might through him might believe. John became a channel to direct the attention of all humanity to the person of the Son. It says in verse 8, He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. Ha'or hazeh, that light. And you see, beloved brothers and sisters, John directed the attention of all to the Lord who was that light, the eternal Word, the Creator of the universe, the source of life, and the source of light. God is light. And that light in the person of God the Son is the one that John presents before us in this gospel. Both John the Apostle and John the Baptizer directing our attention to the Lord Jesus the Messiah. And as we move along in the next verses, beloved brothers and sisters, in verses 9, 10, and 11, we see what happened. In a summary, here in these three verses, 9, 10, and 11, John is showing to us that there were those who rejected Yeshua from Nazareth. There were those who rejected the eternal Son of God, the creator of the universe, the one who is the source of light. There were those who rejected him and are still rejecting today. As we read in verse 9, that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. The true light is lighteth every man that cometh into this world. There are various translations that explain this to us a little bit better. The true light that gives light to everyone that was coming into the world. Everyone that entered into this world, this was the one that gave that person light. That's why it is so important to understand that he is enlightening every man. He is the one that gives light to men because otherwise man is in darkness. But even the very fact that we are physically can see and if we are, we are the people who receive a natural light from God, we are the ones that are also in the need of spiritual light from the person of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, who is the true light of which we read here in that 
verse, He was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into this world. You remember we read again, and I'll reread it, this in John chapter 8, in verse 12, where the Lord said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He is the light of this world. John 9, as well, in verse 5, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And so, when John said that was the true light, that the Lord Jesus was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world, it simply means that everyone that have entered into this world receive any light, any measure of light, the natural light, from Him. And any one of us who became believers in the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, we receive the spiritual light from Him because we were darkness and He is the source of life and light. But then notice, we continue to hear and to read about the rejection of the Messiah summed up here in verses 10 and 11. John 1.10 tells us, He was in a world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. Can you imagine? It says that the world was made by Him. You remember we read in verse 3, All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made which was made. Well, everything that was made by Him, He was in a world, not only among His creation, but also among the human race. He was here in this world, and notice it says here, the world was made by Him, but the world knew Him not. The, how sad it is that the world did not even know their Creator God. Very sad to hear that. But then even further, beloved brothers and sisters, in verse 11, we really came unto His own. This is again His own creation. But then it says, And His own, that is His own people, receive Him not. They did not receive Him. You see, Israel at the first coming of the Messiah did not recognize as a nation, not individuals. John is part of the nation of Israel, whether John the evangelist or John the baptizer or any early Hebrew Christian, Messianic Jews, they did believe on him. God used them to give us the gospel today, but the nation as a nation Israel as a nation did not accept him at his first coming as it was predicted by the Hebrew prophets long time before the Messiah came into this world. We read in Isaiah 53 and verse 3, He is despised and rejected of men and men of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we, this is Israel speaking as a nation, we hid as it were our faces from him he was despised and we esteemed him not. Amazing. In verse 6 of Isaiah 53, the prophet of Israel 
predicting all we like sheep, speaking on behalf of the nation of Israel, all we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord laid upon him the iniquity of us all. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way. And beloved friends, sadly, not only Israel has not accepting, but the whole world has still the world reject him, do not recognize him that he is the creator God who created all things by the word of his power and he came down to this earth in order to provide redemption for mankind. As we continue on, and I would like you to notice now in verses 12, 13 and 14 we learn addition lesson about the person of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. Notice that. And this is very, very important because he, and still he in the past and today, he is experiencing rejection by men. At large, the vast majority of the population of this world still rejecting God the Son as men from being their Lord and Savior. But there were those who did accept him. Like Yohanan Hamadbil, John the Baptizer. Like Yohanan HaShaliach, John the Apostle. And like the many early Hebrews who believe in the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, and share the gospel with the nations of the world. And many over the generation came to faith in the person of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. But notice what we read in verse 12. And as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. In verses 12 and 13, we learn of those who did accept him. We read of those who did believe on Him. We read of those who did receive Him. As many as received Him. Those that received the person of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, who claimed to be the one that was sent by God to this world. The one that was promised by the Hebrew Scripture. The one that came exactly as it was promised in the scriptures in the in the through the prophets of Israel those that have accepted him those that have received him listen it says in verse 12 to them gave he power to become the sons of God the daughters of God the children of God you see beloved friends Beloved brothers and sisters anyone anyone who received the Lord Jesus the Messiah by faith Anyone who confess that he or she need him and receive him as the one that was sent by God, sent from heaven, sent for the express purpose that all through him might believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, and thou shalt be saved. Believe, receive and believe as it says in John chapter 3. 
And verse 15, Whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have eternal life. What a wonderful promise. Whoever receive him, as many as receive him, to them he gave power to become or to be called the sons of God. Bnei Elohim the daughters of God, the children of God. Every true believer in the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, is called the Son of God. And you notice how John is building upon the fact of the necessity to receive and to believe, because at the end of verse 12 he says, even to them that believe on his name. Even to them that believe on his name. What is his name? You shall call his name Yeshua. In Greek, Jesus. The English from the Greek, Jesus. In Hebrew, Yeshua means Jehovah the Savior. And you shall call his name Yeshua. Matthew 1.21 For he shall save his people from their sins. That's why we must receive Him. We must believe on Him. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. We read in the book of Acts. And so, beloved friend, as many as receive Him to them, He gave the right to be called children of God. The same John, the apostle wrote in his epistle, in the letter that he wrote later on. We read in First John chapter 3. Behold, verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God, the children of God, the sons and daughters of God, Bnei Elohim. Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew Him not. Verse 2 of 1 John 3 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. What a tremendous truth to understand, beloved friends, Sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Have you believed on the name of the Lord Yeshua Jesus? Have you received Him into your heart? Have you recognized the fact that uh, you are lost and without a hope if you will just remain without trust in the person of this wonderful one called Yeshua Jesus? Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Do you know where you go to after passing through the valley of death? This is why the Gospel of John was written. The whole Gospel, these things were written for our benefit. That ye, that you and I might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through His name. 
There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. And the name is Yeshua, is Jesus. As many as receive him, dear friend, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And his name is so wonderful. Jehovah the Savior. Yah. Shua. Jesus, Yeshua, Jehovah the Savior. He is the answer for all man's sin. But notice, notice what the apostle here, John, continued to tell us about this new relationship. As many as receive him, to them he gave the power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And then verse 13, he continues and says, which were born... That tells us that there is a need to be born again. Which were born not of blood. This is not natural birth. This is not natural birth. We are not born. We are not becoming sons of God because we were born to parents that were believers in Jesus the Messiah. No. It's an individual relationship with God because God does not have grandchildren. He has only children, only sons and daughters. So you cannot be born into it. It has nothing to do with natural blood, but you must be born of the Holy Spirit of God. So it's not which were born not of blood. Secondly, nor of the will of the flesh. In other words, not even if you on your own would want to call yourself a child of God. You have to have this new birth this spiritual birth, this divine birth, to be born again, to be born of the Holy Spirit of God, because that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. You must be born again, to be born from above. Even if you want to call yourself a child of God, you cannot do so unless you first become a believer in the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. Sincere believer, receiving Him into your heart, and then you will receive the person of the Holy Spirit of God who will give you new birth, divine birth, birth from above, born of the Spirit of God. Then he continued, and he said in verse 13, Know of the will of men. Somebody might say, I really want so much that you will become a son of God, but he cannot help you or she cannot help you. None of us can help the other to become born of God, a son and a daughter of the Father. We must individually come to faith in Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah to receive Him into our heart, to repent of our sin, to confess that we have sinned, and to turn to Him by faith. Believe on the Lord Jesus the Messiah, and you shall be saved. That's why it says at the end of verse 13, which is born of God. Let me reread this verse 13. Which were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. You see, that all of us need to learn this truth, that we must be born 
again. We were born to our parents, and as we mentioned earlier, we have inherited a sin nature. This sin nature we have within us. We cannot get rid of it. This sin nature deserves to be punished because sin cannot ever enter into the presence of God. That's why we need to have a new birth. That's why when this ruler of our people, of all the people of Israel, by the name of Nakdimon, came to Yeshua, came to Jesus by night, Yeshua had to explain to him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This is John 3, verse 5. Verse 6, the Lord Yeshua continued to explain to Nicodemus, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. In other words, there are two distinct births. The one is natural and physical through our mothers, the other is spiritual, and it is through the Spirit of God as we believe in the person and the work of our Lord Jesus the Messiah. It's fascinating. It is fascinating. The Lord Jesus the Messiah said in John 3.3 3 to Nicodemus, He says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of of God. Amazing, beloved friend, how important it is to be born of the Holy Spirit of God in order to see the kingdom of God, in order to enter into the kingdom of God. It's a fascinating and important for us to understand. So, if you will trust the Lord, any one of us who ever trusted the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, we We'll receive the Holy Spirit of God and, and the Lord will give us a new birth, a divine birth, a spiritual birth that come to us through the person of the Holy Spirit of God. And so now, this final verse that is before us in chapter 1, John 1 and verse 14, and this is fundamental verse to read. And I would like to read verse 14 alongside verse 1, John 1, 1, and John 1, 14, together. Listen to these beloved brothers and sisters and dear friend. John 1, 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glorious of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You notice the link? We read all these verses, verses 2 to verse 13, in between verse 1 and verse 14. And the reason is that God is seeking to explain to us that the person of whom we are going to hear in the whole Gospel of John is a divine person, is one of the three persons of the Godhead, and that he is the Creator, and he is the source of life, he is the source of light. This eternal Son of God, this Logos, this Mimra, this eternal word became a man. 
That's what we learn here from this Gospel of John, that God became a man. Now, it's not easy to grasp. Who can fathom such a thing? God becoming a man? All of us must say that we have trouble with grasping this. But this is exactly why John, the evangelist, was entrusted by the Spirit of God to give us this gospel, to present the person of this man by the name of Yeshua, by the name of Jesus from Nazareth, to present him before us all to show us that he is really a divine person. He is God. He is the promised one of Israel that was prophesied years ago through the prophets of Israel that he would come. God would enter humanity in order to save sinners, to save sinful people, because there was no other solution. Isaiah said in chapter 7, giving a sign to the house of David, in verse 14 he said, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you, house of David, a sign. What was the sign? The virgin, a virgin, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. You see, a virgin to conceive and to bear a son and call his name Emmanuel is abnormal for a virgin, for Alma, for Betula to give birth to a son. She will no longer be an Alma, a virgin, or a Betula, because when a young woman, if she is not married, she is unable to give birth to a child. And the sign was that this Alma, this Jewish Alma, which we know is Miriam, according to the Brit HaKadashah, to the New Covenant, she will bring a son and call his name Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. That was a sign for the house of David concerning the coming Messiah, who is God with us. Emmanuel. In chapter 9, verse 6, Isaiah continued by the word of the Lord to speak to the nation of Israel, saying, For unto us, in verse 6, Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born. This is his humanity. Then he continued in the second part of verse 6, Unto us a son is given. God the Son was given because He is the eternal Son of God, eternal God the Son. And then we read what's going to happen to Him in the second coming when, when He's going to come to rule after, first of all, He's going to come to die. And the government shall be upon His shoulder. And His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of His government and peace shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon His kingdom to order it and to establish it 
with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. You see what God is saying to Israel? He says, Israel, listen, there will be a child that will be born who was really the eternal son of God. And you know what will be his name? Wonderful counselor. In Hebrew, Pele, Yoetz. Mighty God, El Gibor. The father of eternity, Aviad. And the prince of peace, Sar Shalom. The only one who is able to bring Shalom to mankind is God the Son. The only one who could bring Shalom between the nations of the world is God the Son. The only one who could provide shalom for us with God is God the Son who became a man whose name is Emmanuel. And we read in Isaiah 1 and we read in Hebrews and in Colossians and in John that he is the creator God. And here in John 1 verse 14 we read, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, my dear friend, if God would not enter into this world in order to provide remedy for sin, none of us will be ever able to accomplish this for ourselves. That's why the word had to enter into this world and become just like you and I, men, spirit, soul, and body, just like you and I, except sin apart, without sin, because he is sinless. He is, a, he is God and man in one. In him there is no sin. We read in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14, for as much as the children, this is all humanity, this is all people, the children are partakers of flesh and blood. All of us are partakers of flesh and blood. We have flesh and blood. We are humans. He also himself likewise took part of the same. He took upon himself flesh and blood. You and I are sinners because we have inherited the sin nature from Adam and Eve. He is sinless because he was born to the virgin Miriam, who knew no man. He was born into this world in the power of the Holy Spirit to place the seed in the womb of Miriam, who gave birth to the Mashiach, to the Messiah, to the Savior of this world. For as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. You see, the reason that the Lord Yeshua the Messiah, or let me say it this way, the reason that God had to enter humanity is in order to be able to destroy him that has the power of death, that is the devil himself. And so when the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, took upon himself human nature, 100% men, spirit, soul, and body, sin apart, without sin, holy, harmless, 
undefiled, separate from sinners. When he took upon himself this human nature, he is now able to understand the experiences that you and I are going through because he lived here for 33 years. He suffered here on earth like you and I suffering. He experienced the experiences that you and I experience. He lived in this world that is filled with darkness, yet he was sinless, undefiled, separate from sinners. He can sympathize with us. He understands what we go through. He understands what sin has done to us. He lived among us, yet sin apart. But you see, why did he come? In order that he will ultimately go to the shameful cross to pay for the sin of this world. This is the reason that he had to enter humanity to take upon himself human nature. Notice what it says in Hebrews 2 and verse 16, For verily he took not on him the nature of angel. He didn't become an angel, as some teach us. He didn't become a spirit, a phantom, as some teach us. No, he became human being, sin apart, spirit, soul, and body, sin apart. But not only this, for verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham, of Abraham. He became a Hebrew. A Hebrew who was a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He became a Jewish man because that's the way the Hebrew prophets have presented the Messiah who would come through the nation of Israel through the seed of Abraham. He is the seed of the woman who was born to Miriam. He is the seed of Abraham who was born to our father through the father Abraham. He is the seed of David who was born through the Davidic line. In fact, a beloved a friend, what we learn here from the Lord Jesus, the Messiah himself, who even taught us that he must be the one that would come through the nation of Israel. Notice what he said to the Samaritan woman. In John four twenty one. he says unto her woman, Believe me, the hour is cometh when... Ye shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. You see, he must come through the seed of the woman, the seed of Abraham, the seed of the tribe of Judah, and the seed of David. And here we learn, beloved friend, beloved brothers and sisters, that the Word, the Logos, the eternal Son of God, became flesh and dwelled among us. And we beheld His glory, John is saying, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We can develop this a little bit later in our next ministry meeting. But beloved friends, beloved brothers and sisters, this is the one that John, 
the apostle present before us God, the Son who became a man. And the reason is that all men through him might believe and that believing they may have life. Do you believe on him? Have you accepted the Lord Yeshua Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I challenge you to turn your hearts to him because he is the answer for man's sin. Well, God bless you, my dear friend. And I will say now, Shalom, Shalom. listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching, on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m., and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.